Hello, my conscious soul. This is Jay Wynn. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 10 with Annie. Annie is an energy healer, teacher, life coach, NLP practitioner, an author, and a well-known speaker in the fields of human consciousness, spirituality, mindful living, and energy medicine. She has coached numerous clients towards an empowered and balanced life that attracts effortless and sustainable success. She recently published a book, The Healing Sutra, Mastering the Science of Self-Healing, which is now available on Amazon. You can reach Annie via Instagram on Anindita Paulus or go to www.anninditapalaus.com. You can also find these details in the description of the podcast. In this episode, we discuss how to find a calling, how to heal ourselves from within, and how to express our emotions in a healthy way. Here's my interview with Annie. Thank you for being on the show, Annie. Let's start off. Yeah, with thanks your, for having me. Let's start off with your history. Sure. So I'm born and brought up in India, New Delhi. That's mm-hmm. the capital of India. And I was born in a pretty conservative Indian family. Mm-hmm. So I literally had no freedom. I sort of felt very stifled growing up. Like every single thing that I want to do, I was not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much my earlier, the memories of my earlier years, like the dominant memories. I felt pretty stifled growing up. And I believe because of that, I have this strong desire for freedom. Mm-hmm. I guess that that's my, that has always been my primary like motivation or primary goal in life mm-hmm. is to have freedom. And now that I actually have the freedom to do whatever I want to do, I have come to realize that real freedom is not just about freedom from certain circumstances, mm-hmm. but it is really freedom from your own limiting beliefs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you had your degree in accounting previously yeah. and now you've become a coach. So what made you shift into being a coach and what steps did you take on finally taking a leap on your calling? Well, you know, I cannot say that I took like step one, two, three, four. A lot okay. of things just gradually happened for me. Oh. But for sure, one of the things that was happening is by like when I chose accounting back in India, Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, I was pretty young. I was like right out of school and mm-hmm. I was, I had to choose a major for going to college for my bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and then my master's degree too. So I was interested in accounting and it seemed like the practical thing to do. Yeah. And that's what people were advising me to do because, you know, there's good money in that field and all that. So it was more of a practical decision. And of course I was interested in that field too, mm-hmm. but I realized after some time that it was not my long-term calling. It was not bringing me the fulfillment or the joy or satisfaction that I would want from a profession. But Mm -hmm. for quite some time, I didn't have that clarity. For a really long time, I really didn't have that clarity. I didn't even have the understanding as to what do I really want? What will bring me fulfillment or what fulfillment even means? Mm -hmm. Because like I was saying that I grew up in a very conservative environment. Mm -hmm. So I barely had any freedom. So I never really had a say in most of the decisions in my life. So ah, nobody yeah. ever really asked me that what I wanted. They made and it so, for you already, right? Like they're like, okay, this is what you're doing. Like they, yeah, your, yeah. Your parents program you. So most of my decisions were just made by people around me mm. and they were making their decisions based on what people around them were doing. Ooh, yeah. So it was just that, you know, just what everybody else is doing is what you do mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So, yeah, so for a really long time, because nobody ever asked me what I wanted, even I didn't ask myself what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And once in a while, if I would ever think about what I really wanted, I would think that, what's the use of even thinking about it? Because who cares what I want? Oh, no. (laughs) What's what's the use of thinking about what I want? How does it matter? Mm. It's not like it's going to happen. So I, you know, I was not even focused on that direction, that what do I want from my life? And if it even matters. Oh. So it was like much later when I started looking for more deeper meaning in life, Mm. when I realized that it does matter, it doesn't matter if others care about what I want or not, but it does matter if I care about what I want or not. Mm, And it matters more what I think about myself more than what others are thinking about me. Mm -hmm. So that was a gradual shift. And that started happening once I started doing some inner work on myself. And I believe one of the most important things that have helped me is meditation. Because as I went more 
within, I started understanding myself better. Mm. And that definitely helped me with the self-love aspect as well. Because mm. previously I thought that, you know, who cares what I want? Yeah. Because, and I, I also had this worthiness issue that, you know, nobody cares. So how does it even matter? Even if I want something, it's not like it's going to happen or mm. it's not like so I can get have it. like all these doubts and limiting beliefs about yourself yeah. and about yeah. your life. Yeah. So it was later on as I started going inwards and I started meditating that I started getting more and more clarity. And I started realizing that it doesn't matter what others think, but mm. what does matter is what I think about myself. Mm. It doesn't matter if anybody else cares about my dreams and ambitions or not, but it does matter what I think about my dreams and ambitions mm. because it is my own responsibility to care about my goals and ambitions, not That's others' right. responsibility. Mm-hmm. So how do you slowly start finding clarity? So you would do, say, meditation. How long do you meditate for or do you meditate daily? And do you do those uh, contemplative meditation as, as in asking yourself a questions and meditating on that? So when I first started with meditation, that was way back in India. And that was a very interesting experience. I was working at my work and in American Express back then. Mm-hmm. And one lady over there, she just started doing these free meditation classes at the end of the workday. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that I've never taken a meditation class before. So I was just very curious. So I mm-hmm. went to her session and she was doing this guided visualization thing. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting. It was very relaxing. And I was going with the visualization. And then later on, after the class was over, we happened to be in the same elevator. And wow. then she, we just started talking and then she said that, is this what you were visualizing back then? And she kind of described what I was visualizing wow, because so she, she asked us to visualize certain room and that room could have been like anything because it was my visualization, my imagination. Mm. So, she, and but she knew exactly what I saw and I was wow. just so surprised. I was how like, could how could she world? tell? Yeah. Exactly. And that just made me so intrigued that I just started delving more into this mind-body connection and how things work and, you know, how the universe functions. So that was my very first experience. That just intrigued me so much that I just wanted to go in deeper and know more and understand the nature of our existence and the nature of this universe. And then later on, I I came across the Silva method. So the Silva method of meditation, I don't know if you've heard about it or I've, not. I've never heard of it. Could you please um, give us an insight on what the Silva method is? Sure. The Silva method was founded by a person named Jose Silva. That okay. was back in the early 1900s, I believe, maybe 1950s or 1960s. Oh. I don't know the exact names, but his workshops are actually pretty famous. Those workshops are still conducted worldwide, especially here in the US. A lot of those workshops happen. Mm-hmm. But I came across the Silva meditation technique and I actually purchased their home study program. That was how I then started my meditation journey more formally. Mm-hmm. And as I started doing those meditations on a daily basis, I started feeling this. The first thing was I started feeling the sense of inner peace mm, yeah. and also an inner like a comfort. And yeah. I was not worried about what others were thinking about me as much. And I also had this feeling of self-love that I had never felt before. Wow. And I also had these visions or maybe these experiences that just made me, even though they were just very short-lived experiences, like maybe for a few seconds, Mm -hmm. maybe a few minutes, Mm -hmm. where I had this feeling of oneness. Wow. It's just from doing the silver meditation. Yeah, it's from the silver meditations. Those were my, my very early experiences with meditation. Mm-hmm. And then later on now, even though I don't use exactly those meditations, mm-hmm. now I'm sometimes doing maybe arm meditation, just chanting arm mantra mm-hmm. 108 times. Mm-hmm. I just play with different types of meditation. There is also open focus meditation. That is another type of meditation. Mm-hmm. So I have just tried, delved into a lot of various different forms of meditation and I like to mix and match. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would just play some kind of brainwave music like hemi-sync or holo-sync. These are like different brainwave music Mm -hmm. technologies. Sometimes I would be just listening to that music while meditating. So I just like to keep changing Mm -hmm. uh, the different types of modalities. So it is not one fixed modality right now, one fixed way of meditation. But in general, I would definitely say that meditation was the most important tool that helped me Mm-hmm. get more clarity about what I wanted. 
Amazing. Because that somehow made it more, more, more and more clearer as to what makes me really happy. And yeah. it also sort of gave me the courage to just go for the things that made me happy instead of just thinking that, oh, what's the use? It's not going to happen. Yeah. Letting all these self-doubts and all these doubts to cloud your vision, but give you the clarity or follow on your intuition and act based on yeah. your intuition rather than based on fear. Exactly, for sure. Because another thing that happened with daily meditation is that it definitely enhanced my intuition quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I would often like get these intuitive insights about different things. Wow. And sometimes I even get intuitive insights about maybe people around me and things that I have no business knowing. I would just somehow have an insight about it. I don't always go about telling them that. I just, because sometimes I feel like I should not go around telling anything in advance, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, making predictions or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I never do that. I don't make predictions, but it's just, I guess it's just a part of that oneness as you become, as you feel more one with everything, mm-hmm. the information is all always there available for each and every one of us to tap into. So mm-hmm. as I started being more regular with my meditation practice, I guess once, once you tap, you start tapping into that field of pure potentiality, so to speak, wow. or that field of energy and information, which is there for everybody to tap into equally. And the more you are able to tap into that, I guess the, the more, more guidance you receive from the universe. Yeah. And you feel just guided from within. You wow. just know what is the right step for yourself. So you're, you're like more in tune with your inner being. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Just in tune with your inner being. The universe is, you know, it's all the same. It's the same energetic soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we find our calling? I mean, for me personally, mm-hmm. finding my calling was really, it happened once I started tuning to myself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I really believe that if you really want to find who you are, what your calling is, what your true gifts are, you have to tune within. You cannot be externally focused. You cannot be what some teachers call object referral. Like there are, you know, either you could be object referral or you could be self-referral. Mm. By self-referral, it means that you are referring within to your mm-hmm. source to your higher self and object referral is when you're constantly looking at the world outside. So when you're constantly looking at the world outside for approval, for guidance, for direction, Mm -hmm. then you are constantly looking outside and, you know, you are trying to see what people like, what you should do so you can be more likable, so you can get their approval. And that will only take you further and further away from who you truly are, from your true reality, from your inner truth. Yeah, so we're like trying to find the external validation. So of course, if you want to find your inner calling, you definitely have to go within. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, because I've been through the same sort of experience, but then previously it's taken me maybe two years or something. Like I knew, because I worked in, you know, um, advertising, say Mm -hmm. the strategy side. Then I knew that when I was working full-time even, I was like, I'm not. Like, I thought that's what I wanted, but then I'm like, I'm not happy. So I was like, what is it? But then I still have that longing of like, I knew that I'm supposed to be doing something or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a reason for me to be here on this earth. And then I do meditation and I started questioning myself. I go on, I was a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and trying to find myself, started asking questions and then you know, finally I started this podcast not long ago, but then when I started it, I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm just so happy doing it. Like, yeah, it's just flow, you know? And right. It's just like, wow. Like it is, is it, I think maybe you, you're calling my change throughout your lives, but then yeah, it's absolutely. Like, wow. This is something that like, that's what I was searching for, for the past two years. And finally I was like, wow, like it really sent yeah. me. And then I'm like, I'm just really happy with everything. And then you realize mm-hmm. all these abandons started flowing into your life. Like things started yeah. happening. And then you think that it's like coincident or serendipity, but then right. it's like because you're in tune with, or you're doing something that sparks your soul and all these other yeah. things started happening and, around you. Right. And I'm glad that you brought up that about the synchronicity and the serendipity. Yeah. Because when you asked me that question about what exactly, what steps I took to mm-hmm. find my life calling, So really I started meditating and then a lot of things just started happening like synchronicity. So there was so many synchronous, like there are so many synchronicities that started happening, like things that I couldn't have myself 
planned those events out mm, there was yeah. no way i could have planned those events because there is no way i would have been so imaginative and so creative mm. in putting certain things together the yeah. way the universe can just put things together for you amazing so literally certain people certain circumstances certain opportunities just came into my life out of nowhere so to speak yeah. in ways i could have never imagined myself amazing How, because we're so tuned in within ourselves that it just started falling so you think that oh this is a coincidence or falls on your laps but then it's like a universe giving you all these guidance yeah, and the signals that you just yeah, follow through the universe yeah the universe starts yielding to you as you start becoming more one with the universe and you start living more fully aligned with the universe then the universe automatically starts yielding to you to your desires to your deeper desires to your mm-hmm. wishes because often knowingly or unknowingly we are doing things which are actually going against yeah, the laws right. of the universe yeah. mm. and so when we are doing that especially when we are doing that unknowingly you know we are literally sleepwalking through life yeah and we don't yeah. even realize that and we don't i mean of course nobody would do that deliberately but because mm-hmm. they are not consciously aware of that they are doing things people like all the time doing things yeah. which are self sabotaging in nature they are going against their own desires and they don't even realize that Wow. and once i started meditating that mm-hmm. became more and more clear for me because i started becoming more mindful about my own thoughts and my feelings wow yeah and as you become more and more mindful about your thoughts and your feelings and your intentions then things just become you just start getting more clarity but mm. wait a second i always say that this is what i want but my inner dialogues were not in alignment were not congruent with, with what i'm saying i want yeah yeah like for instance if i say i want more money but in my mind i'm visualizing having less money i don't yeah. have enough money to pay the bills that is not congruent because That's you are not, saying that yeah. you want more money but the universe is listening to your vibrations mm. and when your vibrations are not congruent with what you want then unknowingly you are sabotaging yourself Yeah. and i have been doing that for such a long time with myself and once i stopped doing that then things just started happening like wow. what you could just say like magically mm-hmm. but it is not magic it's just when you live in accordance with those universal principles or in accordance with the universe in alignment yeah. with the universe then things just fall into place so like you have to be the vibrational match to whichever that exactly. you're trying to manifest so you can't just right. manifest from a place of lack Yeah yeah you just cannot and that's why i mean just some you know a basic understanding of how the universe works is so important and how the laws of manifestation works mm-hmm. is so important because if you don't understand then it's sort of like you go to a country mm-hmm. and you are not aware of their laws yeah. and so you end up doing things which are illegal there so mm-hmm. definitely you are going to get into trouble you will be fined you might get into jail and you won't be able to live your life the way you want to just because you were not aware wow. it's not because you are a bad person mm-hmm. but you just didn't know yeah so it's always so much better to be aware of the universal laws and you know how how the universe works really the nature of our reality and how energy and information works that just makes your life and everything just so much more easier and clearer and just i believe that that is what just brought so much clarity to me Yeah, yeah and that definitely helped me in finding my true calling because i realized that this is the work that i want to do i love teaching reiki workshops meditation wow. workshops yeah. abundance creation workshops and i love coaching and it was just bringing me so much happiness and fulfillment wow and i'm so happy that you and that just brings me to another point that yeah when you are looking for finding your true purpose mm-hmm. i believe the shortcut is just looking at what are your passions your passion is really the shortcut to your higher self because whatever your passions are your true passions are those are really guidance from your higher self telling you that this is the right path for you yeah. and so many people are so miserable in their lives because they are doing something what their parents wanted them to That's do or the society right. wanted yeah. them to do or they feel that they should be doing but yeah. it doesn't bring them any joy and mm-hmm. your work is such a big part of your life you spend so many hours every single day in your work yeah. and if that doesn't bring you happiness that could be a huge source of just it's mental so and emotional yeah. yeah just huge source of mental and emotional pain if your work doesn't bring you any joy and fulfillment mm-hmm. so that is definitely one of the things one of the questions to ask that what is it that i'm so passionate about that i would pay to do it yeah or i would even do it for free that's right and, yeah yeah and you know when you find those things then 
I mean, I wouldn't say that you have to immediately leave your job and just change your career dramatically mm-hmm. right now. Just, you know, just leave your job and whatever. You don't even have to take drastic steps. But once you find what your true calling is, but just taking a baby step towards it, like, let's mm-hmm. say you are doing something in accounting, but your, yeah. your heart's calling is something more artistic. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, maybe right now you cannot immediately drop your job and just yeah. become an artist. Maybe yeah. you cannot. But at least start doing something. Maybe take out some time every day. Exactly. Maybe start taking some kind of art classes or maybe if you already are a painter or are are an artist, at least start finding a little bit of time every single day in your daily schedule Mm -hmm. to devote towards that. And slowly I mean, make it, it, exactly, make it a part of your life. Don't completely ignore that aspect. Mm -hmm. If it really brings you joy, if, if that is your passion and you cannot, for whatever reason, just drop your job and, start following that which for most people is not always possible Mm -hmm. which I understand but at least keep it always a part of your life and you know have some focus on it yeah so that leads to my next question which is on your side you mentioned the seventh law of creation yeah the 17 universal principles yeah sure I mean that is part of my abundance revolution program Mm. and it takes like four to five hours to go through all those laws so I don't think we will be able to cover all those mm-hmm. laws, but yeah, course, I can yeah. just give a brief overview mm-hmm. of what those laws are. Uh, the law of singularity, the law of vibration, the law of resonance, mm. law of existence, law of wow. polarity. And there is a law of unlimited supply, the law of evolution and growth, wow. law of attraction, of course, what we have kind of is very famous now because mm-hmm. of the book, The Secret. Mm-hmm. It has been made very, fa- very famous. The law of allowing, the law of least resistance, law of sacrifice, law of cause and effect, law of sowing and reaping, law of forgiveness, and law of detachment. Wow. And I guess there's a law of success too. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if I counted all of them right now. Yeah, yeah. On top yeah, yeah. of my mind, but I guess, I mean, if we have, <laughs> we don't really have enough time to go into yeah, all those course, things. So course, it was yeah. just a list of that. But yeah, I mean, these are really the laws that I have come across from different books, not from one single source, mm-hmm. because I came across some laws from certain teachers and some laws from some other teachers. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of comp- I compiled all of them into one comprehensive course. And Maybe. that's what my Abundance Revolution program is all about. It is pretty much, I could say that it is the creme de la creme of everything that I've learned when it mm-hmm. comes to manifesting or creating abundance in your yeah. life and I, I feel like whatever the books I've read and the workshops I've taken and the things that I've learned personally mm-hmm. by applying these things in my life mm-hmm. so whatever I've learned I've taken the cream of that wow, and amazing. I tried to compress it all into that four-hour workshop and that is what it is mainly towards creating abundance so and when we think to- about yeah. Sorry. Whoever wants to get access to that, they can go to your website and... Yeah, that's right. So my website is ananditapolis.com. That's mm-hmm. my name and .com. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, there is my home study courses there and also my live webinars, which I do from time to time. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for uh, the listeners of your podcast, mm-hmm. I also have a special promotion. Amazing. They can use the coupon code J. 80 and get an 80% discount on any of my home study courses. Perfect. I have Reiki, meditation, and abundance revolution home study programs there. Perfect. Sure. So, how can we vibrate at a higher level? Say, when we notice that our energy has been low and mm-hmm. you know, we've been pretty down, how can we shift into a higher level of energy and what are the steps to take? That's the great question. And I would say that it would vary from person to person based on where they are on the scale, on the energetic scale or the Mm -hmm. scale of consciousness. So I like to talk about the scale of consciousness even in my programs. It is the scale of consciousness that Dr. David Hawkins came up with. Mm -hmm. And I just like to refer to it because it just makes a lot of sense. And it is the scale that he devised by using a method called kinesiology or muscle testing. Mm -hmm. And it is a scale that varies from zero to a thousand the lowest vibration being that of shame and guilt. And the highest vibration is that of enlightenment, which is between 700 to 1000. Mm -hmm. And so depending on if the person is at the lowest vibration, that is at shame and guilt, which often also leads to depression. So, you know, what, what I would tell a depressed person would be very different to what I'm going to be telling to a person who is at fear, 
versus somebody who is at guilt versus somebody who is at anger because these are very different vibrational states so mm-hmm. to speak so it is it will be unrealistic for me to give some kind of steps to a person who is at depression which is supposed to be taking them to a higher vibration of acceptance or love and joy and peace mm. and enlightenment mm-hmm. because that would be a tremendous vibrational jump which will scientifically speaking would also not be possible so nobody wow. can jump make that so vibrational jump by one step by step like bring exactly. your vibration to a higher level exactly. so hypothetically if you're living in fear how can we get from fear to love and joy So again from fear to love and joy is also a huge jump mm-hmm. but two of the techniques that I have seen no matter where you are but these techniques are so they are like the key to anything that you want to do with yourself when it comes to self empowerment or you know raising your vibration mm-hmm. and again I might at the risk of sounding like a broken record I have to repeat that meditation is definitely one of those techniques yes. because no matter where you are whether you are at depression you know like shame guilt mm-hmm. or whether you are grieving over some kind of loss mm-hmm. whether you are angry whether you are fear meditation can always help you to shift your vibrations to the next level and then to the next level and to the next level but of course if you are at anger you are really feeling agitated oh, yes. that is not the time to go and sit meditation you know go and sit in meditation mm. because you will be so agitated that you won't be even able to meditate so when you are at anger it's better to calm yourself down first use some kind of distraction maybe watch some funny movie maybe wow. read something inspirational maybe go out for a walk in the nature go to the beach go to a park maybe play with your pets if you have pets at home if you have kids yeah. at home just do something maybe take some deep breaths wow. take a few deep breaths like in and out for like few minutes mm-hmm. change your breathing patterns just do something and get out of that feeling of rage and wow. then once you are calmer then meditate because you know depending on where you are you might not always be even able to meditate mm-hmm. so one is of course meditation and another is letting go or surrendering wow yeah so when meditation doesn't work letting go always works so these two tools especially when you combine them together and when you are using them hand in hand then they are like an extremely powerful combination wow meditation and surrendering so that leads to my next question as well which is Can you please give insights on the manifestation tool? Say like for, you know, in terms of surrendering, like if mm-hmm. I myself sometimes go through this and able to say to let go, like for me, I'm the type that if I want something, like I obsess over it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want it, I want it. But then again, sometimes when you are wanting it, you're sending this repel, you're repelling from your goal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just, so it's you're so wanting it to so in deep down you're feeling like I won't be able to get it so that's why I have to really right, try. Right. Right, yeah. So how can And we... and that is not just you. I mean even I had that same challenge initially okay. and for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then I came across this really powerful tool is called the Sedona method and that Sedona is in fact method. one of the okay. that is one of the tools that I use with my coaching clients as well. Mm-hmm. And that is a very powerful tool for letting go. It is all based about it is all like based on the idea of letting go and surrendering so don't and could you please give us an insight on what that method is about yeah it is really a method of self inquiry okay. it is there are a, a couple of questions that you can ask yourself or you can ask the other person if you are helping somebody else mm-hmm. and you can use those questions to go deeper within and those questions they have been formed in such a manner that it automatically leads to a releasing but even if you don't know the sedona method or even if you don't use the sedona method it's always you know you can, there is this analogy that i like to use mm-hmm. that just look at kids i mean when kids are just playing around they might be fighting one minute mm-hmm. and then the second minute they forget all about it and they're playing with the same people again and you know they might be crying and fighting and the second minute they have forgotten all about it yeah 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 but yeah. as adults though we are not able to do that we just hold on to our grudges or we hold on yeah. to our beliefs or our thoughts mm-hmm. or emotions mm-hmm. so much and the reason because as adults we have become very attached to the illusion of who we are as a ego yeah to ego me self. as a person you know we just have become so attached that we think that we are our thoughts we think that we are our emotions mm-hmm. and our thoughts and our emotions are extremely big they're extremely meaningful and you know just because i have a thought in my mind 
means that there must be something very meaningful with that. And just because I am thinking this, it must be right or it must be true. Mm, yeah. So just becoming aware of the fact that how many times in our lives we thought something about something, but it was not true. It was wrong. So we have That's been right. wrong yeah. so many times. We make so assumptions. We make so many assumptions. And just because we have a thought, we just give it so much importance. Mm, it's my so thought. Powerful. It's yes. my emotion. And, you know, it's like, you know, like it's our possession. Like it's my body, my emotion, my thought. That's ego. My, yeah. That's the ego. And because we are just so attached to this idea of who we are, which mm. is not actually who we are, because it is like your thoughts are really just an accumulation. Your mm -hmm. thoughts are not even your own thoughts coming to think about it. Mm -hmm. Everything that you think is not really your own original thought. Either you have read it somewhere or you have heard it from somewhere or you have been taught. Based there, on conditioning, you just make assumption on a certain situation. Exactly. We don't have any original thoughts. Mm. Every single thought that we think about, they have already been thought by somebody. Yeah. There are no original thoughts. Mm -hmm. And our emotions are really just an after effect of the thoughts. So based on the kind of thoughts you have, that will govern what kind of emotions you have. If you have pleasant thoughts, you will have pleasant emotions. Wow, yes. If you have unpleasant thoughts, you will have unpleasant emotions. So emotions are nothing but an after effect of your thoughts. Mm. And your thoughts are not even your own. But we just get so attached to our thoughts that we yeah. think that just because we think something, that has to be true, that has to be meaningful, it is important. And then we go around trying to force our thoughts and beliefs on everybody else too. Yeah. Then you, so get frustrated. then you get frustrated yeah. and you put yourself in another different emotions because you're yeah. trying to force people to believe whatever that your beliefs is right. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes back to our ego. And then it's like these egos. And it just goes round and round in a circle. Yeah. It just goes round and round it's in a circle. cycle. It is a vicious cycle. And the only way to break free of the cycle is awareness. Yeah. And the way to gain more self-awareness is again through meditation mm. and letting go. Because again, when you start meditating and you automatically start becoming more aware, yeah. the letting go also starts happening more easily. Because as you get less and less attached to your own thoughts and to your emotions, mm -hmm. and as you realize that you don't necessarily know everything. Because yeah. sometimes we go around living life as if we know everything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we don't really know. And so when we become more open to the idea that, you know what, maybe I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not always right. Yes, yep. I do have this thought, but maybe it is not right. Maybe, you know, this thought is not as meaningful and as significant as I'm making out to be. Yeah. Because most of the ego clashes that we have and most of the problems that we have is because nobody wants to believe that their thoughts are any less important than the other person's thought. Ah, yeah. Everybody wants to show how important their thoughts are. Mm -hmm. So the less attached you become to these thoughts which are not even yours mm -hmm. somebody else's thoughts that you have somehow decided to make them yours mm. and now you go around defending them with your wow. life so once you just start realizing that these thoughts are not even yours so stop defending them yeah yeah so automatically you become defenseless and mm. that is one of those you know when you are in a state of defenselessness that is also a state of vulnerability wow. but vulnerability is powerful Mm -hmm. People might think that vulnerable is weak, but vulnerability, there is power. There is tremendous power in vulnerability. Wow. So say your emotions are your energy emotion. So mm -hmm. how can we stay in control with our emotions and not let them overwhelm us? Say, what are the steps to expressing our emotions in a healthy way? Yeah, and that uh, perfectly brings us again back to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. That The yeah. reason our emotions overwhelm us so much is because we take them so seriously. Mm -hmm. And we take them so seriously because we have this attachment. These are my emotions. How could she say this to me? How yes. could he do this to me? My emotions, me, you know, it is all about me, my thoughts, my emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, but when you start, when you stop taking yourself so seriously, you automatically stop taking your emotions that seriously too. One of the primary reasons why people feel depression or any of the negative emotions in general is because they are so attached to their thoughts and to their emotions. Yes, they yeah. don't stop for a second to think that from where did I get this thought? Mm, yeah. Is this thought even mine? Is this even really my original thought? Or mm. was it just programmed into me? I just picked it up from somebody. Yeah. Because all our thoughts literally, they are picked up from either the news or you know whatever you are exposing yourself to. If you expose yourself to a different set of information, then your thoughts would also change. 
And that's why it's very important as well to, you know, stay aware of what you put into your mind. Like, yeah, what, you know, perhaps exactly. not watch certain news or, you know, things that yeah. are going to cloud your thoughts or, you know, negative information. Yeah, we yeah. We have to be very mindful and be aware of what we consume. Exactly. And that's why it's so easy for kids to forgive, for, mm -hmm. forgive and forget because they don't take themselves so seriously. Yeah. As adults, we take ourselves way too seriously. seriously. We, shouldn't be yeah. taking, we shouldn't be taking ourselves so seriously, mm -hmm. but we do. And yeah. that is the cause of all the adult problems that we have and all yeah. the emotional overwhelm and all the emotional problems. If we could just be light like kids could be, you know, not taking your emotions so seriously, not making them the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. And I might be making it sound very simplistic, but it is really that simple. That's right. Yeah. So how can we heal ourselves from within? So we can think about the human body as like an onion, like, you know, like onion has layers and it's layers of peel. So the human body, the way we are made, we have different layers to us. Wow. We have the mental and emotional body. We have the energy body. So if you want to heal yourself from within, you have to have some kind of a certain degree of mastery over your energy body or the pranic yeah. body. Mm. Because once you have that degree of mastery over your energy body, then automatically your mental and emotional bodies would also come into a certain state of balance mm. because prana is a life force energy. Mm -hmm. So when you have that degree of mastery over your life force energy, then health and vitality and healing is just the natural after effect that just comes with it. So for healing yourself from within, you need to have certain amount of mastery over your energy body. And that is what Reiki is all about. And even meditation to a big extent mm -hmm. is about having more mastery over your pranic body on your energy body. So how can we heal ourselves, say, energetically? So by doing Reiki healing, can we do a Reiki healing on ourselves? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You could be yeah. doing Reiki on yourself. You could be doing it on others over distance because it is energy work. So there are so many different types of energy work. There is Reiki, which is a form of energy work, mm -hmm. but it is completely energetic in nature. On the other hand, there is also massage therapy. There is acupuncture, acupressure. Wow. All these are energy works too. But the difference between these are that acupuncture, acupressure, massage, these are more physical in nature. So you have to be physically present with the person because you are literally working with a person's physical body. Can we do Reiki healing but over Zoom? Or like over, or does it work? Or do you have to be physically like uh, close proximity with the person that you're trying to heal? There doesn't have to be any physical proximity whatsoever. Wow. So you okay. could be on the other part of the world and you don't even have to use Zoom because if you think about it, Zoom is just something very recent. You know, Zoom, mm -hmm. Skype, the internet. Yeah. It is something that we have just discovered. Mm -hmm. But shamans were doing energy healing even before that. Wow, yeah. And so... Energy does not really need the internet to be transmitted Ooh. or, you know, this energy is not dependent upon Skype or Zoom to be transmitted. How do we transmit it just by uh, tunnel? Of it is through our intent. It is through intent. our intent. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the That's intention so that is everything because that is how consciousness works. It works mm. through your intent. Intent and desire are the two keys that makes consciousness work. That's how you mold your reality through your intent and through your desire. Wow. So you're sending that intent out. It can be anywhere in the world and anywhere in the universe. Yeah. By sending yes, that, anywhere in the universe. By sending that stream of thought and it goes into the other person. Yeah, because at the energetic level, you are all connected. Mm. The, you know, the way we we're perceive, all energy beings, yes. We are all energy beings. So the way we perceive time and energy, sorry, the way we perceive energy, uh, time and distance mm -hmm. is not the way it actually works. It is just our perception in this 3D reality where we perceive time to be moving from past to present to future in wow. a linear line. Mm -hmm. But in reality, in, in the universe, time does not exist linear, linearly like we experience it in this 3D existence. So time mm -hmm. just exists as just eternal now. There is yes. no past or future. There is only now. Now. Wow. And also the distance also doesn't exist because time and distance, they are just part of that same time space continuum, mm -hmm. but it is an illusion of the 3d reality. But beyond this 3d reality, both time and space, they just merge. Wow. So it's just, everything is here and now. Oh, amazing. And that leads to my next question. It has been known that human potential is limitless. Mm -hmm. Then why is it that only a few can tap into their limitless potential? 
That's a great question. And I feel the reason is because if you look around, of course, when it comes to human potential, if you are talking about potential in terms of physical caliber, then uh, you know there is no denying the fact that physical caliber varies. Some people are just naturally more athletic. Some people just naturally have more physical strength. Yeah. Some people are taller. Some people are shorter. Some people are born with some defects, maybe some kind of handicaps. So some people are naturally more well endowed when it comes to some physical activities versus somebody else. Yeah. So when it comes to physical physicality, that may vary. But when it comes to your inner potentials, the inner potential is the that is the realm of pure potential. Mm. That field of pure potential is something that we all have equal access to. And wow. that is why it is said that we all have that same infinite potential because that infinite potential is really referring to your inner potential. Mm. And even though we all do have the same access because energy and information is everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is not being taken away from anybody. It is not only just for the selected few people, the elite or the extremely, you know, ultra spiritual people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will have access to this energy and information. No, the universe is not hiding anything from you. The mm. universe is not keeping any secrets. Everything is right there on your face. Mm-hmm. But how many people are looking for it? Because when you have to, when you tune into those inner potential, you know, that feel of pure potentiality mm-hmm. that I was talking about, you need to tune within. But if you look around, most people are very externally focused. Yeah, people go right. to schools and colleges to get a degree so they can get a job mm-hmm. and they can make a living and they can pay the bills. They go to gym so they can make their body look a certain way mm-hmm. and, you know, get different kind of treatments done and get this done, get that done, change their body in a certain way, look in a certain way, wear this kind of clothing, get a haircut, have makeup and this and that. And I'm not saying any of that is bad. Mm -hmm. Of course, I mean, I'm not saying that getting a haircut, putting makeup, having nice clothes or going to the gym and making your body look a certain manner is bad or getting a degree and getting a job is bad. Mm -hmm. It's not about that, but it's just about the focus. So people are just focused on the external world a lot. They're only externally focused. And when you see at the external world, the physical world, there will always be limitation. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much it doesn't matter how much you gather, how much you acquire. But that is just the nature of the physical world. The physical world will always be limited. You cannot have infinite potential there is the nature of physicality. Physicality has boundaries. That is why it is physical. But the non physical has no boundaries. So if you want to tap into that potential that infinite potential that we all have access to, you have to go within. But how many people are really interested in going within? Mm -hmm. Most people are really very external focused. And that is the only reason why some people are able to realize their fuller, their highest potentials, and some are not. It's not because they they have been deprived. Mm -hmm. It's not because some people are just more privileged. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of being lucky or blessed or privileged. It's just a matter of your focus. So how can we tap into that? Is that purely via meditation or what are the steps we can take to tap into a limitless potential? Well, going within is, I mean, meditation is definitely the, you know, the key to going Mm -hmm. within, but there are different ways, you know, there are different rays that lead to the same sun. So similarly, there are so many different tools for going within. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I do feel that meditation is the most powerful key for going within, Mm -hmm. but for some people, it might be something else. For instance, for some people, it might be yoga. For some people, it might be pranayam, like mm. breathing exercises, like yes. controlling your breath. And of course, when I talk about yoga, sometimes people in the West think yoga is all about wearing Lululemon leggings <laughs> and doing headstands. Yes. There is nothing wrong with those leggings or doing headstands. That is all perfect. But that is not the kind of yoga I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Real yoga, the way it was intended to be, was really to bring about a union between the mind body and the non-physical and the physical. It's the union of everything. Mm -hmm. So it could be through yoga. It could be through visualization. It could be through any other. Yeah. Whatever works. Yeah. Whatever works for you. And you might even feel that, you know, whatever you are getting called towards right now might be the best thing for you to do right now. Mm -hmm. So, and you would see that once you get into that field and you, you start doing that, then automatically a few more channels might open up for you. Wow. And you might be called towards something more. Like I started with meditation and I was automatically then interested in Reiki. 
So it's like one thing just led one to thing another. leads to another. And one thing just like... leads to another. Yeah. Wow. And then after Reiki, then I was then called to learn NLP, that is neurolinguistic programming. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just, you know, then I found the Sedona method that was all about letting go. And then I found so many different ways of meditation is just, there is plenty of ways that you can go within and connect to that field of pure potential. It just, what it, what is needed is just a true desire. That's all. Mm -hmm. Desire is the key. If you have the desire, if you have the intention, Mm -hmm. then that's all that is needed. Because if the desire is there, you will find a way. Yeah. For most people, the desire is not there. For most people, the desire is really just to go outside in the world and do things that will give that will get them the maximum amount of praise Pleasure from the world outside. Yeah. Pleasure and praise and approval from the world yes. outside. For most people, it is the way it is. So, if but if the desire is there for going within and mm-hmm. to tap into that limitless potential that is there, then you will find a way. Amazing. So you are an author of the Healing Sutras, Mastering the Science of Self-Healing. Tell me about your book and how it came about. Well, you know, energy healing and mind-body connection, this has always been my passion for such a long time Mm -hmm. that I had been wanting to write this book for quite some time. Wow. And then finally, I just made it happen because this is what makes me the happiest, you know, spreading this information with the world with as many people as I can share with. And so this book is really about a lot of different uh, techniques and tools for Mm self-healing. And even though I do talk about a lot of these techniques in my Reiki and meditation classes, but there are still much more, you know, beyond that. There is always, there is just so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, even there is, there is still so much that even I don't know. So even though I have been in this field for such a long time, Mm -hmm. but there's always more. So I just wanted to just share a little bit more information with people who are, especially people who are, into healing or who are coaches yes. and who are looking for more tools and techniques mm-hmm. to add to their existing repertoire. So it's really a book full of tools and techniques for self-healing that could also be used for others as well. And the book is on Amazon. So if listeners yes, want the book to is on grab Amazon. your books and they can grab it via Amazon. Yeah, it is on my website as well as on Amazon Beautiful. and is available in the Kindle version as well. Amazing. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> sure. Thanks. How do you live your authentic life and why do you think it's important? Living my authentic life really started after I started becoming more mindful about my own true desires. Mm-hmm. Because like I was saying in the beginning uh, that for a really long time, I didn't even have the clarity as to what I wanted in my life. Mm. But once I started meditating on a daily basis and once I started really connecting to myself through meditation Mm -hmm. and self-inquiry I started realizing the things that I value the most things that I really value the most in my life things I value the more most in my relationships Mm. what kind of life I want to create what kind of relationships I want to create and Mm. as I became more and more aware of that and as I became more and more aware of my own thoughts and my own feelings I started automatically living a more authentic life because it became less and less about me trying to be a people pleaser because yes. that I used to be in the past when I, when I thought that I have to keep people around me happy. And it's not like now I'm now people around me are not happy. It's mm-hmm. not like now I'm going around offending others yeah, yeah. or, you know, picking up fights unnecessarily. That is not uh-huh. it at all. Uh-huh. But previously I was just, um, I think I had this deep desire for approval so much yeah. that I would often not speak my mind out, even if I don't like something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would often, you know, just agree with whatever everybody is saying, even yeah. though I don't really agree with it, but externally I would agree with it. Yeah. So, so it's not like you have to. As well of who you are. Exactly. Yeah. And I would yeah. just say yes to things that I didn't mm. want to say yes to. Yeah. So once I started connecting with who I truly was, I stopped doing that automatically because I just couldn't be in, inauthentic anymore mm. because I also started realizing that when you are trying to be something that you are not, that just takes so much of your time and your energy. That is a yeah. huge drain mm-hmm. mentally, physically, and emotionally. 
So back in the past, when I was trying to be this person that I thought people wanted me to be, and I was trying to be somebody else, my I really had a lot of health issues too back in the past, wow. which I don't have anymore mm-hmm. because I feel that one of the reasons is because I'm more authentic and now a lot of my energy is now free to do actually what I want to do, mm-hmm. to follow my passions rather than trying to be this person, you know, portray this image of myself that I am not even that person. Yeah. Because when you are trying so hard to be something that you think people want you to be, mm-hmm. you are not even 100% sure that yeah, if that is what people want you to well. be. You, you feel like you're living the lives that the other people have planned out for you, not yeah, exactly. the life that you really want. And it is a huge drain on you energetically and emotionally, mentally, physically, every way. Because it just takes a lot of effort to put mm. up that facade mm-hmm. because yeah. it is not who you are. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of effort and life becomes, you know, full of effort. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, I'd like to end it with three questions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is share me one truth about you that only, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to think about anything because I am a pretty open person. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything that I haven't shared with anybody else at all. And only me. Yeah. Only I'm aware. Well, that just shows uh, that you're living your authentic life. Like you stay true to yourself and you just vibrate that out to the universe or out to your surroundings. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I cannot think about anything that is such a deep, dark secret or something that I cannot mm-hmm. share with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. I don't think well, so. Then, <laughs> then that leads to the next question. What does sure. it mean to you to live a conscious lifestyle? Well, it means just to be authentic to who I truly am, to Mm -hmm. be consciously aware of my deepest desires, of my intentions. Mm -hmm. Like back in the past, sometimes I would say things that I didn't really mean, but just because it would get some kind of, uh, maybe some kind of response from the other person or Mm -hmm. just so the other person would like me. But now I'm more mindful of what I'm saying and what I'm doing instead of just saying what is expected out of me. Or just doing what is expected. So really living a conscious life to me just means that being authentic, being true to yourself and being mindful about your own intentions. Yes, yes. As you become more and more aware of your own intentions, then it becomes clearer to you as to what path is the right path for you. Mm. What impact do you want to leave on this world? My intention on a daily basis is that no matter who I come in contact with, I should leave them feeling even if it is just one percent or 0.0001 percent but i just want to have some kind of a positive impact on every single person i come in contact with Mm -hmm. even if it is in the smallest or the minutest possible way but my intention is always to just uplift that person in the smallest way possible so i didn't really think about what i want to how i want to impact the world but i think at an individual level Mm-hmm. That is just what I strive to achieve on a daily basis that no matter who I come in contact with, I should, at least that should be my intent. Mm-hmm. Whether that yeah. happens or yeah. not, is not under my control. But my intention is always to leave that person feeling a little better about themselves. That's beautiful. And a little bit in a higher frequency than before. Mm-hmm. I love that. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.